0: Welcome to the I Am Unbreakable podcast
1: where the struggle is part of the story. Real. Real. Unconventional. Unconventional. And here's your host, Adrian. Welcome to the I Am Unbreakable podcast. Today we are joined by Dave McLennan. He is the founder of Boots on the Ground. I cannot tell you how incredibly impressed I am with what he and his lovely wife Linda, as well as Lynn, are doing. Dave is going to explain the amazing work they are doing um, for all our frontline workers. Dave, welcome.
0: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate the offer.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, what you guys are doing, I you know, I'd like you to explain to our listeners. It goes above and beyond, so please, maybe explain a little bit about how you, what you did prior to this, and how you got into this. Sure, Such I was story. a police
0: officer for thirty years, uh, from uh, nineteen eighty-six till twenty sixteen, and I retired after thirty years. And I was uh, looking for something to do in my retirement, and it was uh, a lot of good luck and a lot of things falling into place that became boots on the ground. Uh, I had an interest in peer support. I believed in the value of peer support. And uh, really, I was looking for organizations that I could do that with and didn't really uh, come up with anything. And I was very lucky. Um, It's funny how things happen. My wife heard an ad on the radio for an organization called First Responders First. So I called them, and it ended up being the Public Health and Safety Association. Um, And instead of turning me away, the person on the phone said, Well, I, I told them I was looking for a volunteer opportunity. They said, Well, we don't don't really have any, but uh, let me talk to people around here and I'll get back to you. I thought I'm not going to hear anything. Sure enough, the next day they called me back and said, our Vice President of Operations would like to talk to you about starting a volunteer program. I said, great. So I went down and met a great gentleman by the name of uh, Glenn Cullen. He's now the CEO of uh, Public Health and Safety Association and another lady there, Kim Slade, and uh, they uh, uh, helped us form a steering committee um, and uh, to do a peer support program with them Unfortunately, the funding didn't come through uh, for, for their end for, uh, on the grant. Uh, so it came to the point where then I started uh, the, the nonprofit and started the organization Boots on the Ground, uh, but we continue to get support from the Public Health and Safety Association to this day. Um, that's so awesome. and that's really how it started. Uh, I got a group of 23 uh, like-minded police officers together. Uh, and with their guidance, we started a steering committee and we developed this program that became Boots on the Ground It took us two years to develop it before we launched it. And we talked to psychologists, and traumatologists, and social workers. Uh, But the most important thing we did was we talked to uh, first responders who had PTSD and asked them what would have helped you early on in your journey? What could we do to help other first responders early in their journey?
1: And And that was two years prior to you launching.
0: Yeah, that was three years prior to us launching. You did
1: all the R&D and this was all, I guess you did this on a volunteer basis and your 23, you know, uh, like-minded police officers, they also did this all for the support and love of, I guess, helping others.
0: Yep, love of helping others and we want to help first responders. Me personally, I had a great 30 years and I was treated great by the first responder community. And I want to give back to that community that treated me so well in my career. So absolutely.
1: That's so honorable, Dave. Unbelievable. And so you start uh, this organization and does it take off right away? Do you realize, I mean, I know... And you know, because with my company as well, we have all former uh, police officers and sergeants, detectives, whatever the case may be. uh, And it's just a different life. And for sure, you hear the stories and for sure, they need a lot more support than maybe perhaps somebody that works in an office just based on, you know, what they do for a living, you know, sort of running into danger versus running out. So uh, did you find that immediately there was a need for your support with boots on the ground?
0: Uh, We did. And we, we didn't know what to expect. I can tell you for sure. We didn't know whether we were going to get a call a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I took the first shift. It was a Monday morning and we got our first call 10, the 10, the first day. Wow. Uh, And and we were getting, you know, it started off slow. I would say we were getting 20 calls a month um, in in our first uh, year or roughly say 20 calls a month. Now and that's 70- in.
1: Sorry, just to backtrack, that's 2018, if I if my math is correct, right?
0: Yeah, sorry, it was November 26, 2018. We launched on a Monday morning, and uh, yeah, and now we're doing uh, you know 70, 80 calls a month. So yeah. And uh, so,
1: just so our viewers know, is this 24/7? Yeah.
0: So our we have a 1-800 number for peer support for all first responders across the province. That's police, fire, EMS, corrections, and nurses. That's frontline staff and civilian staff, and retired and serving staff. Um, and it's a 24 hour uh, peer support helpline that's answered live by our trained volunteers. So we have two to three volunteers on any given time. You call us, you're not leaving a message at a call center, it goes right to our volunteers. I phone love that. And we're I love that. To you right away.
1: Because when people decide, when they finally decide, usually you're their last call quite often. And not to say that there is not other help out there. And, you know, obviously through um, different associations, they've got amazing help. But I feel like a lot of these first responders hold this stuff really close to their chest, which is obviously part of the, the, uh, the disease as well as part of, you know, maybe the culture. And I know what you're trying to do is bring that awareness that you don't need to do this alone. And you set them up with the proper resources. But the very important thing of what you're saying, that you don't have this answering machine. Hi there, we'll get back to you at 9 a.m. Because it could be 2 a.m. It could be, you know, 9.30 p.m. You just don't know when the call is going to come. But you guys are there.
0: 100%, yeah. And you're right. You're exactly right. It's either it's gotten to the last point where they're making a call. It takes a lot for people to reach out for help. It takes a lot for first responders to reach out for help. We're used to being the helpers, not asking for the help. Uh, And there is still, unfortunately, some stigma out there that prevents people from calling in. So when people finally make that step to make the call, we want to be available for them. We want to make sure they can talk to someone right away. Uh, You know,
1: yeah. And do you know, I mean, you must know, but I just, I'm in such admiration of uh, what you're doing. Do you know how important this is, right? Like you probably, I mean, do you know how many lives you've changed? Do you have any kind of numbers year to year? because i I can just only imagine the people calling would feel so incredibly comfortable because you have been there yourself, not as you said, you had a great, you know, thirty years. And uh, luckily, you didn't uh, suffer from anything like this, but or any kind of mental health uh, issues or challenges. But do you have any numbers? Like, what do you think can you that you can share with us that yeah, wow. lives you're affecting?
0: Yeah, we, uh, well, I can tell you we're at, uh, since our launch, we're at 1,990 calls as of today. Wow. So, uh, we've answered almost 2,000 calls in our first uh, four and a half years, so, uh, and it's getting busier, so uh, yeah, we do have the numbers of how many calls, uh, and later on, I'll get into our other programming, like our service dog, our therapy dog program that we, we have, oh. that, and uh, we, we've helped people as well, but as far as our Peer Sport helpline, uh, we're just about at 2,000 calls, so. Uh, words getting out there people are recognizing they can call and our line is anonymous so when you call our line you don't have to give your name you don't have to give where you work you don't have to give where you live so it's not going to get and back that
1: to is that is so important because the second you call anywhere they're always obviously you know for for right rightfully so but they want your first name their your last name your ohib card your phone number and all yeah. of that information you give people um, a platform or a resource that they can actually call and just be themselves. And how important is that? I, I just, it's immeasurable in my opinion.
0: It's very important. The, the anonymity we're finding is very important to, for people to open up and be relaxed. Uh, the ability to connect with a fellow first responder is huge. Peer support works. its uh, It's talking to someone who gets it, someone who's been there before, um, and a lot of first responders, they don't want to go home and tell a bad story to their spouse, their partner, or their family members for fear of upsetting them. You don't have to worry about that when you're calling us because you're talking to first responders who've been in the same situation. So you can you can feel comfortable just letting loose and talking, getting things off your chest and uh, not worrying about any judgment or, uh, or you're going to get an empathetic ear and someone who understands who can help you.
1: That's That's awesome. And I know you've got some amazing things that are kind of coming through for you in 2023. I know you're working on a new app. Can you share a little bit about that, to Tua, uh, for absolutely. our
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. And I don't mean to cut you off. There's a teeny bit of a delay if I cut you off. Um, oh, that's
1: okay. I'm used to it.
0: <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been working on an app uh, with McMaster University, a uh, great team out there at McMaster University. And there's other stakeholders like SIPCERT, uh, and all the first responder communities are involved. And we've been developing, uh, McMaster's been developing this uh, app, a phone app uh, for public safety personnel. And it's a wellness app. It's gonna have tips and videos and things to do when you've had a bad call and things to do. Uh, But it's also gonna be the opportunity to chat or text with a peer supporter. And it's also going to have a connection right to Boots on the Ground, if you just want to talk to someone from Boots on the Ground. So it's been in the development stages. We're just entering the testing stage now and we're going to be excited. It's going to be a free app and it's going to be Canada-wide for all all peer, uh, all peer public safety personnel in Canada.
1: I think that's going to be a game changer. You know, there's... I think that with the same business as Investigation, a lot of times, you know, they're sitting in their vehicle alone and that's, you know, sort of when the mind starts to to work. And if they have, you know, five minutes, 30 minutes to be able to text somebody versus maybe to make that phone call. I think that is so brilliant. Honestly, I think it's going to be a game changer. And once you have it up and running, I'm going to have you back on again to talk about it. Uh, You know, something again, very near and dear to my heart. You talk about using animals uh, with uh, any kind of, I guess, mental health struggles. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. We have two programs. So we have a therapy dog program where we have several therapy dogs across the province and any first responder organization can call up and say, hey, we'd like a visit from uh, a therapy dog. And we'll send a trained uh, peer supporter who's a therapy dog handler out to your uh, facility with with a dog and just
1: for a visit that that program is just for a visit that's not an actual okay yeah that's just for a visit
0: after critical incidents if your ship has had a bad shift if you've had a bad call we could send the dog on to parade uh we can send you we our dogs have been at um tragic events like funerals and things like that to to be there for the people who are uh, attending funerals uh you name it the dogs can go to these events or to these facilities And it's amazing what a dog can do. Just petting a dog can take your mind off of things for a few minutes, help you relax.
1: A hundred percent. And that's why, as I said, when we got introduced, I, I was shocked that I had not heard about boots on the ground. And I can't say enough, like how important the work is that you're doing to support our frontline workers. So that that's Oh, I just love the dog part of it. Now, you also have another interesting thing regarding dog therapy. So do tell.
0: We do. Yeah, we have a PTSD service dog program. Uh, And right now we have six uh, PTSD service dogs. One's just been qualified. Five others are in different stages of of their uh, training. And we do our PTSD service dog differently, though. We don't just hand someone a trained dog and say... You you were
1: saying that. That, that, I love that because then they get to bond and whatnot. So explain just a little bit about the process. Like I said, I want to have Linda and Lynn on as well, talking about that. Maybe they can bring some of our furry friends into studio, but can you explain sort of what the difference is? Because I loved your technique.
0: Yeah. So we, uh, we provide, uh, first responders with PTSD. We provide them an eight week old puppy, uh, and they have to, they had get the puppy from eight weeks old. They can start bonding with it. Uh, they have to walk the dog, feed the dog, look after the dog, they have to go to weekly training in person. They have to go to a weekly training online. Uh, so it gets people who maybe have been isolating or not getting out of the house. It gets them out. It gets them, gives them purpose. It gives purpose. Exactly. Uh, we're getting great results from the program. We're looking at three more dogs in the fall and uh, continuing to hopefully add three dogs a year. Uh, Linda and Lynn run the program for us. Uh, they use great trainers and it's amazing what you can train the dogs to do. So uh, people with PTSD have different triggers And the dogs can be trained what those triggers are, and then they can help their handler when they're being triggered by certain events that may be bothering them.
1: That is so, oh, what amazing work and so important uh, what you're doing. Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, You had said, I don't know if you can share or not, but you are adding another component to Boots on the Ground. Do you mind to share who else you're going to uh, open up your services or your, well, your services and your support to?
0: Absolutely, yeah. We're opening up to the Canadian military this year. We're hoping it's going to be in the spring and uh, we're really looking forward to that. Our Canadian military need all the support they can get. They're there for us, obviously, when we need them uh, and we want to support them. And uh, we've had a number of calls from the Canadian military, uh, even though uh, we don't advertise our services yet for uh, military members and we don't turn anybody away and we realized that there's enough of a connection there between uh, uh, first responders like police, fire, EMS and what military goes through. And the trauma experience is similar. And uh, there's enough of a connection there that we believe we can help our uh, Canadian military out. So we're gonna be offering our services to them, uh, hopefully by the spring. We're in the process of training our volunteers and recruiting some military members to be volunteers. And we're hoping to have that part of our programming up and running in the spring.
1: That is rock star, honestly. The work you're doing, I mean, is has this always been your passion? I mean, if you really look at policing, it really is about assisting others. People never call you because they're happy. They typically don't call the police when they're happy. So do you feel that the way that you kind of came into this was this intentional? Like you said, you kind of looked for a volunteer position, but look where you are now and how many lives you're affecting in such a positive way. So do you feel like this was always sort of you know, the next step for you?
0: Yeah, you know what? I don't think I realized it, but yeah, as I look back on it, yeah, I think it was the next step. You know, my 30-year career was in helping people and helping the public uh, and continuing to help people in my retirement. I think it was a natural step uh, I like I love to help people if I can, and I think it was a natural step. There was a lot of luck, a lot of things had to fall into place, and there's so many people that have been supportive of me and Boots on the Ground right from the beginning. I can't even list them all, but we've had such great support from the, the first responder community, our volunteers, our financial supporters, you name it. Anybody I've had in contact with has blown me away how supportive people have been of me and this organization it wouldn't have happened without without everybody supporting us the way they have
1: that is so great and you know i know for a fact that you've got some events that we're going to get involved in as well so uh in the description whoever wants to get involved and wants to help uh through events donations etc i'll have all of that information for them but if somebody actually wants to contact you directly or Boots on the Ground if they need help. Could you just give them the contact information?
0: Absolutely. Um, if they want help and they want to call, our 1-800 number is 833-677-2668 or 833-677-BOOT. Um, and uh, check our website out at www.bootsontheground.ca. And everything is in there, the, the phone number. Uh, we have a lot of vetted resources and referrals that we're able to give people when they call us but those are available on our website as well. If you don't want to call in and you're looking for a a clinician to help you, or you're looking for a group meeting or anything like that, that's all on our website and it's free to anybody to use if you you would like to use those resources.
1: That's amazing. I have one last question before we thank you. Uh, So what would you say, would you say that there's been a huge incline with uh, people that are struggling at this point? And is it typically with PTSD once they reach out to you? And again, it's all confidential. I'm just asking you to talk generally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Certainly, yeah, we saw an uptick with COVID uh, in our calls. Uh, People were isolated during COVID. We had a lot of unknown for first responders in the beginning. like They didn't know whether to go home to their families or not, whether it was safe to go home. There was a lot of stress and a lot of unknown and that's really just continued on since COVID started um, and then you've got the changes in the environment as far as uh, there's a lot more crime out there, there's a lot more trauma, there's a lot more gun violence, uh, first responders are being videotaped every everything they do and it's getting analyzed second by second and frame by frame after when they have to make split second decisions so there's a lot more scrutiny, there's a lot more pressure on first responders than ever before Uh, combine that with COVID and everything else. So absolutely, uh, there is an increased uh, demand for services for first responders, uh, especially with mental health. And we do get calls from first responders who are diagnosed with PTSD. Uh, We get uh, calls from first responders who are early on in their mental health journeys and having difficulty. And we deal with all sorts of things from PTSD to substance abuse to uh, problems at work, problems at home, People can call for any reason. If you're having difficulties and you're having challenges and you want someone to talk to, we're not clinicians, we're, we're, uh, we're peer supporters. And then we can refer you to clinicians after, but we can, we're an empathetic year. We're here to give you hope, we'll let you know that people care and let you know that there are things that can be done when you're having your most difficult times. So don't give up, there is hope and there's people out there who can help you and, and we're there to help you in these situations.
1: And that they're not always going to feel like that. What a beautiful journey and message. And thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough for what you're doing and as well as for your mission. And I can't wait to see uh, what 2023 and, you know, everything else brings for you. Thank you so much, Dave.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and spread the word. So thank you for your time.
1: You've been listening to the I am unbreakable podcast, real, real, authentic, authentic, real life stories of women, women who've become unbreakable. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate and review and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at I am unbreakable.